Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Race to the Finish podcast. This time I'm all by myself, minus a few short cameos for some friends of mine, talking about the NBA offseason, the draft, and free agency, and also the MLB trade deadline. I'm not going to waste any time, let's get right into it. few days have been really crazy. I mean, that being the last week. Uh, first, I'll start with the MLB trade deadline. There were a lot of moves that were expected. You know, the guys in the block, like Joey Gallo, um, those Cubs players, Jose Barrios, um, Max Scherzer was the name we heard a lot. Uh, Adam Frazier, his is a little bit earlier, but he did get traded, you know, a few days before the actual trade deadline occurred. And I think Nelson Cruz did as well about a day or two before. He homered in his first game with uh, with the Rays. Um, I think the more surprising part about all of this was, I mean, at least for me, was the Athletics giving up Jesus Lazardo like that um, to the Marlins in return for Starling Marte, who was another name that we had seen on the block a lot. Um, Oakland actually just lost their regular everyday center fielder, Ramon Laureano, to 80-game uh, PED uh, suspension. Another one of those things where, you know, the guy probably took something, he claims he didn't know about it, talks about how strict his diet is, but somehow doesn't know how steroids get into his, you know, uh, his system. Yada, yada, yada. Makes sense. We've heard it a million times. Um, Lazardo has four years of team control now on the Marlins. And at one point, I don't know the exact number of what he really was, but he was a top prospect at some point. And he has struggled so far early in his MLB career, but I mean, he's still young. And, you know, he has four years before Miami really has to even worry about him at all. So I thought that was a great trade for them. Um, you know, the uh, NL East is a really tough division this year. Um, you know, not in, you know, in terms of there's one team just dominating because, you know, the Braves, I think, are in third place now, and they just got over 500 for the first time yesterday. But I think the Marlins might just see themselves out of the race, and they get a great prospect. And the guy who already has tons of MLB innings, under his belt in Jesus Lazardo. They do lose Starla Marte, who's a fan and player favorite there in Miami, but, I mean, I think it's a great trade for them. Uh, I think the most surprising one for me was um, was the Blue Jays. Um, not exactly who they got in Jose Barrios, because I said before that he was a guy that they were really considering giving up. But, um, you know, trading Austin Martin and Simeon Woods-Richardson was a really weird one for me. Um, because, you know, the... The Blue Jays did at that point. They had five guys in the top 100 on MLB.com prospects. And, you know, Woods Richardson was number two in their system and Martin's number four. Seeing that Austin Martin's a number four prospect means that there's a lot of depth there because that guy was, what, a top 10 pick in last year's draft who fell to them right into their laps. And now a year later, he's going to be a prospect in the garbage pool that is um, the Minnesota Twins. Uh, they just can't win games. They've, they've had a lot of health problems this year, I guess, but, I mean, they're just not a great team. And now they get a premier middle infielder in Austin Martin and Woods Richardson, who's really going to be uh, a great pitcher in this league, I think, at some point. Again, two young guys that still have plenty of time to prove 
uh, themselves in the minors before they even think about smelling Major League action. Uh, I guess we'll talk about the Yankees next. Uh, they get Joey Gallo from the Rangers. Uh, I really don't know if I expected Gallo to go there. I mean, I thought the return for him was very weak, as considering a guy who's not a free agent yet. And, I mean, while he has struggled this year, his career numbers aren't that great anyway. He's a low 200s hitter. But, I mean, he's a guy that can go off for 40 home runs any given season. So I think that's why his value is a little bit higher. Uh, the Yankees complete that trade without losing a single top 15 or top 10 prospect, something like that, which is crazy for a guy who has another year team control for him. Um, at least, sorry, not another year team control, but, I mean, he has you know, the rest of the season to get something going with the Yankees who have infinitely deep pockets. They also get one of the, the Cubs guys who traded away, the Cubs traded away five premier players from their roster um, to four different teams. Uh, Anthony Rizzo ends up in uh, New York in the Bronx. Um, I don't, I, I did not expect that trade at all. Rizzo was a guy that I really like to see in the Red Sox because he was a guy who fits the need perfectly because Bobby Dahlbeck has kind of proven to us that he can't yet be that everyday starting first baseman. And I think it would have been a great platoon, at least, you know, if Rizzo's struggling against lefties, you can get Dahlbeck in there every few games against them. But other than that, you know, you, you play Rizzo there every day. The Yankees get him. He's been mashing. Um, Chris Bryant goes to the Giants. I think that's a great fit for them. Um, I mean, they're a team that, you know, they, they were the first team to 60 wins. No one really expected it, but the Giants have been rolling. They just had a great series against the Dodgers not too long ago. Probably won't be the last. Chris Bryant fits a great need there. Uh, you can give Evan Longoria some some rest. Or maybe have him platoon with Brandon Bell at first base nowadays. Uh, that's a great trade for them. I don't know if they gave up too much in that trade, but I think it's a great, great landing spot for Chris Bryant. Also, Javier Baez goes to the Mets, uh, you know, linking up with Francisco Lindor, who is, you know, one of the best stories in all of pre-draft history was a game between uh, Baez and Lindor. And, you know, they went really high in that draft year. And, you know, now they're on the same team, even though Lindor is out, there, is out injured right now. Um, Javier Baez has joined the team. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do when Lindor is back. Because um, Baez does have a cannon of an arm, and I can't see him being too interested in playing second base. I, I don't see the Mets being too interested necessarily in get in moving Jeff McNeil anywhere else, even though he's a versatile defender. I don't see them wanting to move McNeil around too much. Um, he could also play third base, but J.D. Davis is on his way back as well, and he's about as solid as it gets for a guy that you know isn't a big name player. Interesting to note, though, all three of those guys did homer in their debuts. Um, which was, you know, crazy to think that, you know, the, the Cubs have been, you know, the bottom of the the league this year. I mean, you know, not the, you know, dead bottom, but they're not up there. They're not pushing for a playoff spot, and certainly not now. But those three guys going home are in their first games in their new colors. Also, they moved two huge relief pitching uh, guys in Craig Kimbrell, who at age, I think, 33, may be having the best year of his MLB career, even though he has been a dominant closer for all of his time in the majors and they also move Ryan Tapera, uh, who's been great this season. He's a solid reliever setup kind of guy. Um, they both go to the White Sox where they're, you know, they're crosstown rivals. So they, they moved a lot of guys. They got a lot of pieces back. Uh, they'll definitely be retooling. It'll be interesting to see what they do the next few years. Um, I think the biggest trade one I haven't touched on yet was 
the Dodgers, you know, they're a decent team. You know, they got a few guys here and there that can get it done. Uh, just kidding. The Dodgers lineup is absolutely stacked, and now they get um, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, who is one of my favorite MLB players to watch. All-around great 5 tool player. You can play pretty much anywhere. Uh, his fielding is a little tough at some points, but, I mean, he makes up for it with his speed. Uh, his quick reactions get to the ball. Uh, he They go from Washington to the Dodgers in return for Kiebert Ruiz, who has been an absolute stud in AAA this year, batting 310 and 210 at-bats to this date. And also Josiah Gray, who had just made his MLB debut a few nights ago with the Dodgers and now gets traded to the Nationals. Uh, he's a great prospect. I'm sure he'll do great things um, in a retooling team. He'll have plenty of time to play. Forgot about this one, but also Adam Frazier uh, does leave Pittsburgh and goes to San Diego, another great team that's deep at every position. Uh, he leaves Pittsburgh, leaving behind Brian Reynolds as they're both all-stars this season. Frazier's been a great contact guy this year. His numbers for hitting have been pretty insane. I mean, his on-base percentages, um, his OPS is really nice. He has a good average. All while playing in Pittsburgh, which is, you know, not the greatest place to play. Um, yeah, so he'll go to San Diego now and make a push for the playoffs. Considering that the Padres do get that wild card spot, because I really feel like it is the Giants division or the Dodgers right now. And even with Cody Bellinger and the, that pitching staff not playing their best, the Dodgers are still a playoff team at the end of the day. So we'll see what the Padres can do. That's going to be a really tough race going down the stretch. I'm really excited to see how that one ends. Um... Also, I'll, you know, I will add on, you know, my Red Sox get Kyle Schwarber, who has 25 home runs in the year. I forget what it was. I think he had 12 home runs in 10 games or 10 home runs in 12 games. I forget what the exact number was, but uh, he's at, he has 25 in the year, like I said. And he's been out for a while with a hamstring injury, and he's still, like, top 10 in the league in home runs. It's pretty insane. That, that big stretch he had really helped him out there. The Red Sox don't give up much for him. They give up for Ramirez, who was a... Uh, on SoxProspects.com, he's their number nine prospect. But he'll be moving on to Washington, who has now retooled their farm system pretty well after the, both the Trey Turner and Max Scherzer trade and getting rid of Kyle Schwarber. Um, Schwarber's out for an injury, like I said, but he should be coming back soon after a short rehab stint, uh, High and Bloom said. So he'll be back. I don't know where he's going to fit in that Red Sox lineup, but it looked like they're trying to get him at first base. Um, with that first base situation, like I mentioned earlier, with the Rizzo and Dahlbeck situation, um, getting a left-handed bat on that side would be a nice platoon for Bobby Dahlbeck. Considering that Schwarber's numbers aren't that good against lefties, that'd be a great platoon for them. Uh, have Bobby start against lefties and Schwarber against the righties. Schwarber can also play the outfield. He's played catcher before, but I doubt they're going to move Vasquez or Pulowiecki for him there. I think it's a great trade for the Red Sox. Um, it's definitely not what all they could have done. I don't, I was really unimpressed with their trade deadline moves, to be honest, but at that point, their team that was sitting in first place in the really competitive AL East right now, they're sitting in second now after a rough stretch, I'll, I'll, you know, after the trade deadline, losing to the, <clears throat> sorry, the Blue Jays and the Tigers now. They're playing the Blue Jays right now. They're tied nothing-nothing. But, you know, I, I think that really is going to come down to the last few games of the season because that's when those teams will play each other a lot more down the stretch. Now this one's going to be a lot. I'm going to switch to the NBA because they had the NBA draft this past weekend and the chaos that is NBA free agency beginning. We hear a lot of leaks from Shams and Woj before anything really happens about trades, extensions, you know, free agent moves. 
and it's been crazy so far. I'm going to touch on a few of the smaller ones first, but, you know, still have big money. Um, first one being Devonta Graham, one of Kevin Durant's favorite young players to watch. He signs four years, $47 million in New Orleans. After Charlotte dealt him there for a 2022 water-protected first-rounder. Norman Powell re-signs in Portland for five years, $90 million after being traded there from the Raptors. Um, another Raptors move. Gary Trent stays in Toronto with a three-year, $54 million deal. Big money for him in Toronto. He played great. I think he's going to be a perfect six-man for them. Maybe in seeing that start, seeing that starting lineup come next season. Um, Rashawn Holmes gets his money finally. Four years, $55 million from the Kings. Great young center. Um, I think they'll be a middle-of-the-road team, the Kings, because they're not that big of a market. Um, De'Aaron Fox is still their point guard there, and I love him. I just don't know where that team's going to go. Um, Mo Wagner, Celtics legend, signs in Orlando to play with his brother Franz, who was drafted by the Magic with the eighth pick in the draft. Um, not a huge contract story, but, I mean, it's it's nice for him. He's playing with his brother now. Both Michigan basketball legends. They're my favorite basketball team to watch in college. Um, into the, actually, not one more. Uh, the Spurs, very interesting deal so far. $70 million over three years to Zach Collins and Doug, Dougie McBuckets McDermott. I don't get that one with Patty Mills being a free agent. Uh, Mills is now going to Brooklyn on a two-year deal. If anything, the Spurs also get back Brent Forbes, who was a, a big depth piece of that Bucks championship lineup. He comes back to San Antonio after, after a, brief, uh, a brief layover Sorry, in Milwaukee where, you know, he did just win a championship. Congratulations to Bryn. Now on to some bigger deals, some big re-signings. Trey Young, five years, $207 million. And John Collins, five years, $125 million to stay in Atlanta on max extensions. SGA, Shai Gilles-Alexander gets his bag, five years, $172 million, which is about 344 Per season in OKC, we had a really strange offseason. We'll get more into that in a little bit. Um, Chris Paul steals money from the Phoenix Suns. Four years, $120 million. Campaign gets his bag. He deserves it. He's been a great bench piece every team he's played for in the last few years. Three years, $19 million to stay in Phoenix. Keeping the core, you know, other than outside Booker and Aiton, who are already on big contracts. Uh, keeping that, that guard core down-packed in Phoenix after their finals run where they lost. Jared Allen gets five years in Cleveland State Prison. I mean, um, five years, $100 million from the Cavs. Mike Connolly, for some reason, um, gets a $24 million a year contract for three years, um, 72 in Utah. I don't know why they're going to pay him that much. They have great guards there in Donovan Mitchell. Um, I mean... It's just Donovan Mitchell, I guess, but I mean, I don't think Connolly is worth that much money at all. Um, let's get, get into the Warriors, I guess. Uh, you know, th- their only notable deal to this point is Otto Porter Jr., I think, signing a one year minimum dollar deal. Just kidding. Steph Curry signs a four year, $215 million extension, which will pay him an average of almost $54 million a season for that four years, $215 million. Um, the math on that, he makes $13,000 per minute of every game he plays in. That's only as if he were to play all 48 minutes in every game for the next four years. Very, very unlikely. Um, another bum, Andre Drummond, signs with the 76ers, which is definitely interesting considering the fact that they have a guy named Joel Embiid there. Um, you saw that video of them, them two meeting on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Joel did not look too happy, but I mean, I don't think Drummond's going to steal any of his minutes. 
don't worry about anyone getting moved to the four or five there because it is Joel Embiid, one of the most dominant big men in the league. Um, still nothing on Ben Simmons. Their asking price for him seems literally insane. They want at least two or three first-rounders and an all-star caliber player for Ben Simmons who literally can't shoot. It's been well noted that Ben, Shim- ben Simmons can't do anything. His free-throw percentage is god-awful. His shooting percentages are god-awful. All he can do is get some get some layups, if that. He still bricks them. He's a solid defender. I think he'll be an all-NBA defense guy for years to come. But I don't think you get leverage when you've come out and say as an organization that this guy isn't any good. Uh, you know, they didn't say that verbatim, but I mean they've came out and said that there's flaws with his game, and they want to trade him. They shouldn't have the leverage of you know demanding two or three first-rounders and an all-star caliber player for a guy like that. Um, we'll stay in the Eastern Conference here, where we'll get our first little guest appearance here. Alex Baumgartner, my guy at the Intermission Sports. Take it away. Tell me about the Miami Heat. What's going on there? Just a year after their NBA Finals appearance, the Miami Heat were swept in the first round by the eventual NBA champions, the Milwaukee Bucks. And with that, Pat Riley, Andy Ellisberg, and the Miami Heat got to work. And they made some big splashes over free agency. The biggest move, Kyle Lowry, the nine-year Toronto Raptor, 2019 NBA champion, and possibly the greatest Raptor of all time, has joined the Miami Heat. According to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, the ballpark of the contract is about $90 million for Kyle Lowry over the span of three seasons. In that sign-in trade, Goran Dragic, longtime Heat member, and Precious Achua, who was a 2020 draft pick of the Miami Heat, are going back to Toronto. Heading down south, Lowry is joining one of his best friends, Jimmy Butler, who has been the corner piece of this Heat team for the last two years. Butler is also signing an extension, the four-year maximum, worth an estimated $184 million or more, according to the athletic salary cap expert, Danny LaRue. But Miami wasn't done there. They bring back Sharpshooter, one of the best shooters in the NBA, Duncan Robinson, on a five-year $90 million deal worth approximately $18 million per season. I think this is a great contract for Duncan. He is now officially the highest-paid undrafted player in NBA history. Kalo, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, but wait, there's more. Miami's defense is looking really nice because they brought in NBA champion, the Milwaukee Bucks, P.J. Tucker on a two-year deal. They also brought back Victor Oladipo and Dwayne Dedman. Now, Oladipo, former All-Star player, really good NBA player when he's not injured. He went through some injuries last season, only played a handful of games for the Heat, did not play in the playoffs. But if healthy, he makes his defensive rotation even scarier. So him, Dedman, and Tucker are all here. And keep in mind, Miami still has Tyler Hero off the bench as of now. And the Heat still have a little bit of flexibility left. It's a possibility that they sign Omer Yurtsevin from their summer league team who's been playing absolutely out of this world. Another 7-footer who can shoot and plays really good offensively. But yeah, Miami made some big splashes after getting swept by the Milwaukee Bucks. Jimmy Butler gets one of his best friends in Kyle Lowry. Duncan Robinson's back. A lot of defensive pieces are here on the team. They also got Markeith Morris. The Heat are a team that you should watch out for in the East next season. Couldn't agree more with that there. East certainly going to be fun this year. And that is because mostly because my boy Lonzo Ball 
is now a part of the Chicago Bulls. He leaves that trash can that is the New Orleans Pelicans, and he's now heading to Chicago, which historically hasn't been that great over the last few seasons, but he's getting help. DeMar DeRozan's there now, and the GOAT himself, Alex Caruso, all now parts of the Chicago Bulls. Lonzo gets four years, 85. DeMar gets three years, 85. And Alex Caruso gets four years, 37. Um, that lineup's now pretty nice and stacked. They got Lonzo, they got DeMar, they got Zach Levine, very underrated player. Uh, Caruso will be off the bench. They get the young kid, Pat Williams, probably going to be playing the four. Nikola Vucevic, uh, trade deadline acquisition for them. I like that team a lot now. And they'll definitely be making a push in that Eastern Conference where we will be seeing a lot of teams that are retooled nowadays. Um, one of those teams is the New York Knicks. Uh, I got a lot of New York Knicks buddies. Sully came through first. Brandon, what did you say to me, man? Heading into free agency, I thought we should re-sign a couple of the Knicks players, notably Nerlens Noel and Reggie Bullock. But, I mean, we didn't get Bullock back, but we got Alec Burks, and we also were able to keep Derrick Rose on a good deal. So keeping those three was definitely key, and then adding Evan Fournier allows us to um, expand our offense, pat, like past Julius Randle, past Derrick Rose, and past R.J. Barrett. And you could see in the playoffs, the Knicks struggled on offense and defense too, but defense wasn't their problem in the regular season. Um, we definitely needed more offensive um, talent, and Evan Fournier definitely helps with that. And then we got the... Arguably the steal of free agency in Kemba Walker at an eight to nine million dollar deal, and I believe it's over two years as well. So it's not like he's a one year rental player. Um, he's going to be a great addition to the team, and he finally gives the Knicks a starting point guard at an All Star caliber level, something that the Knicks have been looking for for over a decade. I mean, yeah, it's kind of hard to not agree with that. I mean, they retool by adding Evan Fournier who many might think that he's on a too big of a contract. But, I mean, I think he was going to demand about 16, 17, 18. 19 is not too crazy an overpay for a guy who's probably going to be in their starting lineup or their slash their sixth man. He's a great shooter. Saw that in Boston this year. And they also had Campbell Walker, who also played in Boston the last few seasons. Um, I'm, you know, a little skeptical of him, obviously, seeing because, you know, he missed a lot of games. It was hard seeing him on back-to-backs. Uh, it just didn't really feel like he was, you know, worth all the money he was getting paid in Boston. Uh, they flip him to, you know, OKC. OKC buys him out. Celtics get the old man, Al Horford, back in Boston. I like what the Knicks have done so far, though. They made it all the way to the playoffs with a very, you know, sneaky team with Julius Randle being their number one guy. Now they can get some guys to take some pressure off his back. And as Silly mentioned, Kemba Walker's contract's not too crazy. It's only two years. They're not stuck with him. Um, also getting D. Rose, he's a great six-man. If Fournay's not going to fit that role... Or even if Fournier sneaks into that starting lineup, uh, Noel's a great uh, shot blocker. He's he's tall. Uh, he doesn't add much on the offensive end, but I mean they don't need offense if they're playing that good of defense. They keep teams low scoring. They got Fournier. They got Kemba. They got RJ to score. Uh, I mean can't forget about Julius Randle putting up uh, All Star numbers this year. I like what they did this off season, and they didn't spend too much money doing it. And I think the last team I haven't talked about yet is Boston Celtics, just because they really haven't done much to this point. Other than clearing Kemba Walker's contract off the books and adding back old man Al Horford, um, obviously those moves aren't anything special. It does create cap room for them to potentially chase after a max uh, contract player in next offseason, but got to wait a whole entire year for that. Immediately, I don't think any moves they made 
have made much of an impact. I mean, they had Chris Dunn, Bruno Fernando, who have been career bench players from the Hawks. Um, they traded Tristan, uh, Tristan Thompson to the Kings and created a $9.7 million uh, trade exception today. That, that, uh, that, that trade was completed. I don't know what this team's going to look like. It seems like we have a lot of guards. And, I mean, this team is still built to make a playoff push with Marcus, Jalen, Jason, um, Rob Williams. You got Pritchard off the bench. Um, Jan Madar, who's looking like a really promising prospect. He's joining the Celtics this year after uh, leaving Israel, I believe. He's the most improved player, the youngest to ever do it there. I was just going to watch all the Celtics game as I have for the last few years now, but I think with how competitive these teams are getting now, I'll get into that team next about, you know, the Celtics might have not done enough to look like a true competitor and maybe not, might not even make it out of the second round of the East. Uh, you know, we saw them against Brooklyn this season. They looked completely outmatched. Yes, they did uh, not have Jalen Brown in that playoff series, but I don't know, man. The, you can't just trust those two guys to get it all done for the team as they're both young. You need some veterans. You need some guys that are proven. Marcus has been hurt. Robert Williams has been hurt. Al Horford's like pushing 60, I think, now. I just don't know where this roster is going to go. But speaking of old men like Al Horford, the last team I will talk about is the Los Angeles Lakers. Obviously, we've known that core of AD and LeBron now for the past two seasons. They won a championship with those two. Um, they've got even better, questionably. Uh, they added Russell Westbrook in a trade, which I don't know why the Wizards completed this trade at all. It makes no sense to me. Uh, they trade Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Um, I'm forgetting people's names here. But, I mean, it, 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 was, it was that little notable of a trade. Uh, they The Lakers retained Talon Horton-Tucker. Oh, and they also sent the 22nd pick, which turned out to be Isaiah Jackson, who got flipped from the Wizards to the Pacers in the big Spencer Dinwiddie trade. Um, the Lakers now have Ross at point guard, LeBron at the three, 80 at the four because he refuses to play center. They add guys like um, Dwight Howard, Malik Monk, who I thought was maybe the one of the weirdest transactions of free agency so far because I thought he would have fetched a lot more in the open market. Obviously, he takes a discount, uh, $5 million, to play for the Lakers, chase a ring. Don't blame him. It's a great place to play because, you know, LeBron is still possibly the greatest player in the league. I'm a Michael Jordan truth or not a LeBron guy, so I don't know. But that team is solid now. I don't know exactly how Russ, AD, and LeBron are going to mesh. We have to wait till the season starts to find that out. Again, I do not get that trade for the Wizards at all. I know Russ makes $41 million a year. It's going to go up as his contract goes on. But it doesn't make sense for a team that's not tied up in too much cap space. The only two guys really taking on are Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. That's two players out of what salary cap? You can afford to pay both of them. Beal staying, that's kind of been a thing that's kind of, you know, been leaked during this offseason now that that Russell Westbrook trade has happened, but I don't get why the Wizards make that trade. Kuzma's a bum. KCP's a bum. I don't get why Wizards take that trade, knowing that it's making the Lakers better. Yes, the Lakers are extremely tight on cap space. They get Trevor Ariza, Malik Monk, Dwight Howard, all on super, super cheap deals. I think Kendrick Nunn got some good money, um, presumably to be the backup point guard, maybe even the two-guard in that team, because I don't know what their guard situation is looking like because there's still a lot of free agency left. But 
I also don't think that, you know it's going to work for them making too much cap room. I think what you see is what you get um, for that Lakers team. you got three perennial all-star guys who could also make a push in the top five MVP voting if all goes right for them. Got to remember, though, that LeBron's getting old, and there is no young depth in this team anymore um, after all these trades that they've made. I mean, Talon Horton-Tucker is young, but, I mean, he hasn't proven to be much yet. I know he's had a very limited role. He showed in that one game that he can score, but you're going to need more than one guy to get it done. Um, So, yeah, I think that's the wrap-up of NBA. Uh, you know, hockey news has been kind of dying down. Now it's just kind of depth guys getting signed. Tons of overpays, uh, especially in the, in the defenseman market. Uh, Darnell Nurse gets an eight-year deal. Um, Adam Pellick gets an eight-year deal from the Islanders. Uh, that Seth Jones contract that Pete and I talked about is just atrocious. Dougie uh, Hamilton gets an eight-year deal. That's kind of just the market right now. Uh, it seems like the offseason is kind of dead, though, unless Jack Eichel were to get moved. So, yeah, um, I think that's going to be it for my, my little offseason recap so far. So we still got baseball going on. Don't really want to talk about it because the Red Sox have been in, absolutely in a drought. They just lost the first end of a doubleheader against the Blue Jays. It was 0-0 in that game yesterday when I started recording this episode, and they ended up losing like 14-4 or something like that. Uh, it's been rough for them. Trade deadline's over, though. Got to make a move. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm hopefully going to be recording soon more uh, more content to come. I, it's just kind of a slow period now because those free agency periods are dwindled down. The, the players of value are kind of done and on their new teams or they've re-signed. So, yeah, um, make sure to check out the Twitter. I'll try to be posting more on there as well. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, this outro is going to be... A song by Ben B. Jammin, co-worker of mine at Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, give him a check on Instagram. I'll have his tags in the bio of this episode. Have a good one. Peace. Yo, I'm spazzing again. Niggas ain't feel me, I'm dropping these tracks, so I had to go back, now I'm blacking again. Niggas ain't help me, I had to go learn, I study a no sound, passing the test. Loose these niggas, I never know how I'm shocking the world, got them holding the chest. Look in the mirror, I knew I was good in my pockets were black, so I robbed me a smirk. My shorty still loyal, I'm breaking up back, I'm sending a bag, I'm in it again. Hitting the booth, I'm dropping these tracks, staying here in the flows and drowning again. Compared to these rappers, I'm really insane, I stay in my lane, I'm spazzing again. Niggas ain't feel me, I'm dropping these tracks, so I had to go back, now I'm blacking again. Born to the earth with nothing but rap, I'm using my gift to eat beats before sleep, to repeat, to have dreams of old demise. Foot on the pedal while hitting this gas. Didn't make the top of my class Hit the beauty and got me a bag Found me a shorty who's matching my swag We stacking this bread and storing the loaf She holding the money, the images toast You niggas are slow if you think it's a roast The league of my own, I don't mean to boast So waves coming in, I hope you can flow My niggas be grinding, we ain't gonna fold Get stuck in the gym, we follow the code